0: Hi everyone it is Sunday March 29th this is Arlen this is your first million a bonus episode where I interview four people who are close to me in my life about life in the age of coronavirus and how each of them are dealing with different things there's someone who has a newborn baby there's someone who is pregnant having their first child someone who lost someone in their family recently and there is a very special guest, my mother, who is going to talk about self-isolation at uh, in her 70s. Now, each person is in a different city and has a different perspective and uh, is someone that I talk to on a daily basis, but still get to learn so much more from them in this episode. So I hope it's helpful. I hope it's relatable. I hope it's comforting, inspiring, and, um, and ultimately helpful to you. Thanks. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Arlen. How you doing? I'm doing okay. All right. Can you, uh, what is your, what's your name and occupation?
1: Yeah, I'm Brittany Davis. I'm an investment principal at Backstage Capital.
0: Awesome. So you actually one of the main things that you did was you spearheaded a lot of the investments that happened in 2019 from backstage. So that's really cool and we'll do the same this year. Yeah. So I am interviewing a few people in my life today uh, about different circumstances that they're in when it relates to coronavirus. And I wanted to talk to you because um, I, you know, when I when I when I asked you if you'd want to be on this, I totally forgot. I didn't even know if are you public with your
1: pregnancy. <laughs> That's so funny. I actually asked my husband. I was like, "Am I public with this?" <laughs> so yes, I am. I'm not privately <laughs> pregnant, I guess, but I also just haven't been that uh, public on social media about it. But I'm definitely not hiding or. Um, wanting to keep it under wraps, so we're totally free to talk about it. No okay, so yeah. surprise, I'm pregnant.
0: <laughs> Woo! Yeah, because I mean, you're. It's. it'll be April and Wednesday, and you're due in June? Yes. Yeah.
1: Right. Coming yeah. up pretty
0: soon. That's really soon. So first of all, uh, just how does that feel in general when you take coronavirus out of the equation? How does it feel to be pregnant with your first child?
1: Yeah, it's so exciting. Um so yeah, I'm 28 weeks pregnant. So just started the third trimester. So that it feels like it's, you know, coming to an end. So we're finally getting really prepared. Um, and it feels real now. I think for the first, I think first couple of months, you're kind of, in, at least I was a bit surprised and shocked because Is this really happening? <laughs> um, even though we, we had talked about it and we were essentially planning this, it's still when it happens, I think there's still uh, that, initial like surprise. So now it's, it's really just getting everything ready. Um, but yeah, we're really excited. Family's excited for us. Um, so yeah, now we're getting to the end. So it's just thinking about, it's a girl. So we're like, what is she going to look like? Mm Um, just planning things, buying things, um, making sure that we're ready, reading all the books and everything we can
0: yeah because you you relocated you were in San Francisco last year, but you you and your husband relocated to right outside of d c
1: yes like in the last so year. yeah we moved here um in october of twenty nineteen and yeah it's it's actually a really great place. We were thinking essentially, my husband wanted to switch jobs and it moved us back to the east coast. We're both from the East Coast, so I'm from North Carolina, and he's from Connecticut, so being a little bit closer to family, especially when expecting a baby, is is really nice, so yeah. that kind of worked out.
0: Yeah, and so you're right outside of D.C. I noticed that, um, I mean, you're kind of close to, to New York and everything. I, um, you, you would be the closest to the people that, of the people that I'm interviewing today. How is... Are you all kind of keeping a close eye there? Is it, has it, does it seem like it's affected you all yet? Or is it just something that you're seeing and observing?
1: Yes. So it's definitely affected us. Fortunately, not nearly as much as what's going on in New York. But we have a lot of friends there and family in the kind of tri-state area. So, you know, we we're very up on kind of the information that's going on. Uh, what's happening in New York. Um, But locally, it's, I would say, in D.C. and in the Northern Virginia area, we're very fortunate that there haven't been nearly as many cases. But I have been following particularly around what's been going on with um, pregnant women going into delivery. Uh, Specifically in New York City, they've had restrictions on bringing in guests. And they've had even women that are delivering babies alone, essentially, because you can't bring in um, essentially non-essential people into the hospital. So just the woman delivering is able to go in and that was scary. So I've been trying to follow to seeing where that kind of, those um, rules are being made and seeing if it's something that I have to think about in a couple months, if that becomes huh. more national. But so far, I think they're now allowing like one person, so you can have like one support person with you delivering. But then that makes you think you can't bring, you know, like your extended family, like my parents plan on coming, Um, my husband's parents were gonna come, that kind of thing. So that starts kind of the thought process of what's gonna happen in a couple of months and what's gonna happen here in the DC area, where hopefully it doesn't get much worse. But I try to stay informed as much as possible
0: yeah um, and I don't are you are you someone who can are you unflappable in that way or do you can does that sometimes that type of thing scare you
1: yeah I, I think I'm just trying to take it day by day to be honest um I, it is a little scary um but I'm trying to stay essentially yeah day by day because each mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen In a few months, and I'm trying to essentially think about, um, you know, there's a best case scenario and there's a worst case scenario, and either way, I'm going to have hopefully my baby in a healthy situation, so I try not to think of, like, the worst case, but just uh, making sure I do stay informed so I'm not surprised going in if, if there's something I need to plan for. Yes. I guess I'm on the side where I do want to plan, but at this point it's really hard. Uh, So I'm just trying to see, like, hopefully this gets better. It's not a situation I have to plan for, but if it is, um, just have to make the best of it. Yeah.
0: Have you thought about, and again, you don't, you certainly don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but have you thought about, um, like, having a backup plan as a, like, a home birth? If it's, like, if the, if there's not enough Um, beds or something
1: like that. I I so hope it doesn't get that bad but yeah it's funny my mom actually brought that up when we were talking last week and she was thinking like oh you know have you thought about this or going to at least like a birthing center that's not in a hospital because right now our plans are very you know hospital birth that's what we just just traditionally would do yeah Um, but I haven't I'm still holding out that this is something where if, if we take it seriously right now and take the precautions now, hopefully it doesn't get uh, continually bad in the sense where hospital beds are out of um, commission and, and I would have to think about something else. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm holding off on that, that train of planning quite right at this point. So
0: have you um, either, you know, recently or even when you first found out you were pregnant, have you talked to Christy, our, our teammate who just had a baby, um, about like what to expect.
1: Oh, yes. Like half of our calls are (laughs) baby
2: calls. (laughs) Yes,
1: I was thinking, so I talked to Christy quite a bit. Um, I tried to give her some time while she was actually away, um, on maternity leave, but when she got back, we probably caught up quite a bit on baby stuff as as much as work stuff. So, um, yeah, she was, she's incredibly helpful. It's great to have someone that literally just went through this a few months ago. To yeah. um, share experiences with, so
0: and is that, yeah, is that comforting? Awesome. Yeah, I guess it ha- would have to be comforting going into going into it. Just in general, what do you um, what do you think about just daily? Um, where do you focus more on? Do you focus on I'm having my first child and that's a whole thing, or do you focus more on I'm having my first child in the age of Corona?
1: Yeah, I still. Th- prioritize just thinking about having my first child in general um and then with a slight like slight um side note of thinking about how do I prep for being in a pandemic at the time of of her birth so I think that's yeah you definitely want to stay in the the mindset of there's so much to be excited about yes um and it's really a great like it's it's you're thinking about the future and hopefully, and you know, good thoughts about the future and bringing in a life into the world. So keeping the thoughts there, but it is, it's something we think about every day. Um, even just my own precautions for the first, I think most of March, like i barely left the house. I finally did leave yesterday. Um, we We went to the grocery store and I was even thinking, should I even be at the grocery store? But I kind of just wanted, um, to get out for a bit. So I ended up just going in and then using hand sanitizer and all the wipes. And I just felt like it was actually more trouble than it was worth. So we typically just order stuff um, online um, in terms of grocery needs or um, things like that on a daily basis. But yeah, it's something I, d- I definitely am like heightened to how cautious I need to be, but thinking about the future in a positive way, because I'm definitely excited about baby so
0: yeah i i'm excited about your have you decided what you're going to name her and i know that arlen has to be <laughs> the top of your list um middle name i'll
1: take it actually i i, I actually really like the name arlen you <laughs> but, <now>. but <laughs> let's talk <laughs> let's, let's negotiate <laughs> oh, it's so funny because i i really do like that name but oh. Not for,
0: <laughs> not for your baby. fine. My baby,
1: but like I've gone like, through this
0: <laughs> with so many people. Um, you know, I have a little list of the people who wouldn't name their babies after me, and it's okay. I have it on this little <laughs> list. I understand. So, um, but yeah, I yeah, I, I think it's really a great idea and a great just philosophy to be thinking about the positives while at the same time keeping a close eye on re- like what's going on and and um because you also like it sounds like you're I mean in general you you, you seem to be pretty like mellow you know like you're you, yeah. I haven't seen you like fly off the handle before um but it's like it's good for that that vibe you know for for the baby and for yourself for your health to just kind of be in that place of it's going to work out we're going to have the information that we need and we're going to do what we need to do I think that's really really good and um, I'm sure a lot of people listening uh, are are pregnant right now whether it's the first or not a little worried and you know can look to you um, and to each other as like this is our comfort
1: yeah I appreciate that because I think there are things that have changed like we did have to cancel we were planning a baby shower even thinking about that yeah, we we are thinking about doing something virtually. <laughs> um, that yeah. was something that yeah. just yeah came came to mind, and that we still want to share our excitement with family and friends. But like, even yeah, we had to change our plans. So trying to stay positive and still figuring out ways to essentially have those same experiences and excitement that we did have prior to COVID nineteen we're trying to still find ways to, to still have that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I think if you just, if you just look at what you don't have or the things that are going wrong, it can be overwhelming. Like I'm not gonna sugarcoat that, but then I'm like, okay, let me keep this in perspective. We can still find a way to um, potentially do a, a virtual shower or different things to still have those exact same experiences essentially.
0: Yeah, that's, and you know, and instead, in lieu of, of gifts, you can say, here's, here's my Venmo, hit me up, we'll, we'll <laughs> get the supplies we need uh, yeah. on our own, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. And I think that your perspective is, is going to just help you uh, a great deal. And so happy for you. And I really appreciate you sharing your um, experience with the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'll talk to you uh, Monday morning. All right. All right. (laughs) Bye. Hey, Chacho. Hey, Arlen. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, Chacho, first, let's just um, say who you are, uh, where you work, our relationship, et cetera.
3: Sure. I am Chacho Valdez. I work at Backstage Capital for Arlen. So, Arlen is my boss, but uh, <laughs> she's also turned into a friend over the years as well.
0: Yeah. And we
3: started as friends, I should say.
0: Sure. Yes. Yes. So, what I is
3: should... Chacho. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm real technical.
0: Okay, Chacho, um, I wanted to have you on because uh, I am, today I am interviewing a few people who are uh, close to me about different circumstances that they're in during coronavirus, like, you know, uh, different um, situations, and yours is, has been, I've been thinking about you all week, of course, because um, you unfortunately suffered a loss in your family uh, last week, um what was it was it friday of the week prior
3: it was saturday saturday evening
0: yeah so it's about eight days ago Yeah. and um so very very fresh and i i appreciate you share you sharing with us because i know that it's still very much so um on top of mind and heart yeah but i was one of the things that kind of was really bothering me in addition to your loss, when we could talk about your loss, was that you, I don't know if you're able to have like a funeral or gathering about it. So let's, let's talk and see if that's true. So first of all, who, who in your family passed away last Saturday? Sure.
3: So my uh, Tio Juan Avila passed away. He was um, my, um, my dad's brother-in-law. So um, his sister's husband. And yeah, he was just 49 years old. Um, He had pneumonia and was suddenly hospitalized for about a week before he passed. Um, And they also tested him for COVID-19, which came back negative. Um, But yeah, it it was just um, a very sudden um, passing and one that was obviously unexpected. Um, and so, yeah, and it's still very fresh. So, um, it, a, as a family, we're all really close and especially, um, like my dad's siblings. And so I have early, early memories of even just being a toddler, going to their house and like them babysitting me, like seeing him and his like draw art drawings and, going to Mexico with them, like all different types of memories um, with my, um, we call them tío and tía, that's aunt and uncle in Spanish.
0: Yeah. And as far as um, some type of memorial or funeral, what 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 is the circumstance there? Can you all gather to do that? Or, or can a few do that?
3: Sure, so they had a, um, A service on Thursday this past Thursday it was a private visitation held just for like immediate family members that being like my um, my dia my aunts um, brothers and sisters so like my dad and our family and they also had a private burial the next day of Friday as well Um, and logistically it was you know Really difficult because you you can't gather in, with more than ten people, and even so, when when you're seeing we have a big family, so when you're seeing a lot of different people at once, it it increases the chance of infectivity. So they only allowed the um, our families to go in. I think it was like four, no more than four people at a time, and mm-hmm. you could only be with them for. Um, like, 10 minutes, and that was it.
0: You're in Detroit, Metro Detroit, what, what city is this that, that, um...
3: this was in Wisconsin, um, in a city called Janesville, Wisconsin, Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, when I first, um, when my brother first called me and told me about it, about my uncle's passing, my initial instinct was to figure out how to get to Wisconsin, but then, you know, you're kind of in the face with the reality of the coronavirus and yeah you I I couldn't be there which was you know really difficult I, I mean um yeah Thursday and Friday were really difficult days for me I mean the whole week of course but just knowing I couldn't be there with my family and we're very like loving and affectionate like visible love type family so it's just it's hard not to be able to be there and like share in that grief and that healing process of like closure and all that kind of stuff. Um, and um, yeah, even like my grandma was in Mexico. Is in Mexico. They go to Mexico during the winter, and they couldn't come either just because it's too risky.
0: Mm-hmm. And even in this, what seems like a smaller town in Wisconsin there there are these limitations and yeah. it hasn't even like really reached a, a a big point there yet but they're being very cautious and, and smart about it um yeah. if if coronavirus weren't a, a variable as it is right now how many people do you think would have been able to attend the funeral like how many what would have been normal
3: i think like he he was a soccer coach and coached a lot of different soccer teams and very involved in the community. And so, honestly, it would have been a very big funeral. I would ex- expect any, like, and I'm not exaggerating, anywhere from 300 to 500 people. Mm-hmm. Um, So it would have been a very large, like, gathering.
0: Yeah, and it was more immediate family. Right. A handful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think what, what kind of helps you through that? like what what are you saying to yourself and to your family members to help you sure. through that?
3: Yeah, I think um, when I learned that they were having the funeral on Thursday, I, I called my aunt Tuesday evening to talk to her and express my condolences and just um, hear her voice, and it, that was a very healing step for me because she was very encouraging and very strong and i'm so like proud to be able to like call her my dia my aunt um, because at, when i was speaking to her she was very level-headed and she knew she she said like she fully understands that i couldn't be there and, and especially with gina my wife who has chronic lyme disease and so she has a compromised immune system which means she's more at risk than a quote-unquote healthy person um, but i think that was really healing and sort of very um helpful in in terms of being okay with not being there and also knowing that they're planning to have a like celebration service or memorial service for him later in the year once like um, once it's safe enough and yeah um, this has passed so you even knowing like speaking to her and knowing that there'll be something to celebrate his life later in the year um, is helpful
0: that sounds healing and uh something to look forward to and it it makes me think there's a lot of things that are going to change for for good you know for not for I don't know if it's for good but change forever or change permanently after this is uh past us Mm -hmm. and one of the things maybe is that we we celebrate more people who pass rather than uh mourn them uh or maybe in addition to you know just a little bit more that changed I mean that could be a really interesting uh change for the better Um, yeah because it already sounds like a like a great thing. And, and what's one of the things you loved about your your uncle? Or was um, like your favorite thing.
3: My favorite thing, there. I think my favorite thing was just the way he would hug me um and just hug us in general. His family is like he was shorter, and so he always looked up at me, and he would just <laughs> give me a big tight hug. And I, I actually just wrote about this in a blog post that I posted last night. Like. He would um, like wrap you up tight, and then um, like kind of squeeze you, and I would like let go often, and he would hang on. Yeah. And it almost felt as though he was making up for like lost time, um, and like he would look up at me and start laughing and smile, and we would both laugh about it, and and then um, I'd go on. So. Those that I think that was my, um, like that's what I really remember him as, yeah, um, just being a very loving person.
0: You know, one of your brothers posted an Instagram a story, like a quick story about when he was going to Ireland and your uncle said something. I it was in Spanish, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't catch it. What was he saying?
3: Sure. So, my, um, my mm-hmm. uncle had three, um, children my cousin Diego who's in his 20s and Dominic who's also in her 20s and the youngest um, uh, Isabella is 13 and my my two brothers two of my brothers wanted to go to Ireland and Dominic my cousin wanted to go too but my uncle was like pretty against it at first
1: mm-hmm. and then
3: slowly as he came around to the idea he's like okay okay you can go but I won't like a single one of your Facebook posts <laughs>
0: That is clever. That's clever. I love that. That's clever. How do people read your blog post tribute? So,
3: yeah, um, I posted it on um, my Twitter at Chacho Valadez, or you can look up uh, my Medium account, which is at Chacho Valdez as well.
0: Chacho Um, Valadez. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead and spell that. Yeah, spell the whole name because you get all kinds of things when people, when we go to conferences. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I do. (laughs) So how do you spell it? um
3: so Chacho Valadez, C H A C H O V as in Victor A L A D E Z. And the blog post is called How to Create a Legacy That Matters.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And any any parting words for anyone who may themselves have just gone through a loss like this, whether it's directly related to Corona or just in the time of Corona. Uh, any Anything that you can pass on to them?
3: yeah, I think um, it's okay to grieve it's okay to be sad about it and to mourn it, and it's also okay to celebrate that person's life and to be sure to take steps in your own personal healing, whatever that may be for that for me, it was getting my thoughts idea on a blog post. And it would—it's like going on jogs or listening to songs on repeat. Um, it, but it's different for everybody. So definitely take time to prioritize your own healing and self-care through that process.
0: Thank you so much, Chacho. Uh, really appreciate it, and I'll—I'll I'll see you uh, first thing Monday morning.
3: Sounds good. Thanks, Arlen.
0: All right. Bye. hi i hope you're enjoying this episode if you want to reach out to me provide any feedback or ask anything you can reach me online at Arlen was here that's a-r-l-a-n was here on twitter and instagram hope you enjoy all right hey christy hi arlen wow okay so christy pitts AKA Critty P. Critty P. Critty P. So, Christy, I wanted to talk to you today because I wanted to, um, I'm interviewing people today who are close to me in my life uh, who are going through some things. You, all, you are not necessarily going through something, but I thought you had a really interesting uh, perspective because you just had your first baby, your first child in January. I did, yes and tell first tell me a little bit about that in general like having your first baby like it, it, <laughs> i know that's probably like hours worth of information but anything that you that comes to mind
2: um i What's think feel? yeah probably the only thing that comes to mind is that your life does completely change and in the i think the biggest way that it changes is the level of responsibility that you have in terms of caretaking it really is 24/7 a 24-7 job it's very rewarding but it's also very demanding
0: yeah and you and your husband do you all take shifts or like, like how does it work just Typically, in general before before corona like how did the maternity leave work
2: yes so he started a new job in december so he actually only had three days off when Bo was first born oh. um so pretty much what we've done from the beginning is and initially for several weeks, my parents came and stayed and my mom would stay and help. Mm -hmm. So during the day, my mom and I would have Beau and that was really fun because um, she's like, obviously very experienced with newborns, having myself and my two sisters. And then she's been really involved with my niece and nephews as they've been growing up. And so that was great to have her help. And then when Clint would get home from work, he would get, we would call it like daddy time or like the daddy party at night because um, Bo had a really wouldn't really go down for the night until like 11 or 12 and so the rest of us would try to get some sleep and we'd go to sleep around eight or nine and then Bo and Clint Clint is my husband's name would hang out and they were watching some World War II documentaries <laughs> playing video sure. games like report sure. and be like this is what Bo and I did last night so that was kind of how we started out and then now um he's so Clint works in the HVAC industry so it's still considered essential so he's still going to work every day Monday through Friday what does HVAC mean for people who don't know oh um I actually don't know what it stands like for it's like Something. air conditioning like yeah oh, okay being in air conditioning maybe yeah. the V stands for vent. I should probably ask him this
0: <laughs> right yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard this like growing up my whole life like from from all kinds of people who are in that industry and it's probably something very simple that we're not thinking yeah continue
2: yes he's still an
0: essential worker and so he has to be out like regular work hours today exactly
2: exactly so Mm -hmm. when he gets home from work um pretty much we'll just he'll kind of like take over i'll say but in a sense of he'll have like playtime, and then Clint does bath time with Bo um and then we kind of just work together so usually I'm up for the night shift. I'm breastfeeding, so that makes sense because you know that's not really something that Clint can do. we do he does sometimes
0: I'm working on some some technology
2: yes, <laughs> he does sometimes take a bottle, but usually in the night I'll breastfeed him and then um in the morning, like today is Sunday, so this morning Clint got up with him before I did, and I stayed in the bed for a little bit, yeah so we just kind of we don't have anything set in stone. we just kind of take it day by day.
0: yeah. And so how, I mean, when you first got pregnant and when, even when you had Bo in January, just a couple of months ago, you, no, no one could have told you that this was going to be the new normal just a few weeks later. Um, do you, does it concern you or do you feel like you're uh, insulated in a bubble? And, and like when it, not information wise, but like health wise and things like that.
2: I definitely feel a little bit of the bubble that you mentioned, because when Bo was born, he was born in January. And so coronavirus was starting to make news. Like I remember, um, you know, being up with him at night, reading about the situation in Wuhan. Um, But realistically, newborns are very, have essentially no immune system. And January is flu season. And so pretty much since he's been born, we've been really strict about um, when people come in the front door, they wash their hands and mm-hmm. restricting visitors and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so by the time we got to shelter in place, I was like, oh, I'm a shelter in place pro. <laughs> like, yeah. I already, Don't leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> already. I'm pretty um, vigilant about the um, about just being careful about washing hands and so forth.
0: Yeah. And I was just thinking that there may be some people who um, are listening who don't know your role at backstage at the company that um, I started a few years ago can you talk a little bit about what your role is um, and how you've seen it sort of affected with with the pandemic
2: sure so i joined you um, originally in 2016 and part-time at the time and i was helping with operations and then came on full-time in 2017 as your business partner Which is a huge honor and still is (laughs) and um so yeah so i think the day i joined we had 50 investments and now we're at about 130 so we've worked together on moving that up and um last year 2019 i was running our accelerator program across uh, four different cities and this year has been i would i would say roller coaster might be a good description yeah. Um, because what the plan was for the year was that we would be having a tour, um, in multiple cities throughout the U S and we were supposed to kick that off in May. And so, you know, when I went out on leave, uh, my plan was that, you know, I had like everything that I had purchased for Bo was travel friendly. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I have, a, I have this whole plan of like having him on an airplane and here's his suitcase and all of these things. And it doesn't, you know, that's not going to happen the way we had originally planned it.
0: Do you feel like, um, do you feel any sense of loss or anything, or do you feel optimism? I'm just, I'm wondering, because I'm trying to get into the head of a, a person who just gave life and has, is looking at a baby who doesn't know what's going on and has the whole world in front of them, you know, mm-hmm. is that, is that helpful in times like these, or is it, is it a little bit of everything?
2: I think, so I don't really worry from an existential point of view so i don't i don't he's i don't think he's gonna have any memory of this yeah um i hope that this is just you know kind of a one-time thing and maybe this is the only pandemic he ever lives through so he was a tiny baby um i did worry a little bit or be aware of things like climate change for example Mm -hmm. um so stuff like that still worries me and of course there's you know coronavirus is not the only problem we have <laughs> so those <Right>. things <laughs> I forgot <laughs> um, damn yeah I yeah we used to be upset and I guess we still have a lot of other things to work on too but right now this is top of mind it's had such a huge impact on our lives
0: yeah any anything that you're noticing in our portfolio um like when we think about we we work together obviously every day so I know this but when we think about like our portfolio more than 100 companies all types of companies um, that run the gamut of of all industries but so some of them are are struggling because of this and some of them are doing really well when you think of the ones who are doing well who are kind of thriving in this moment what what types of companies are those
2: that are doing well so I think So a company that comes to mind is Mm WorkFrom, which is a company that's building tools for remote workers. And so I feel like that might, I might describe that as luck, the fact that that's their business. And then in this time, people are sheltering in place and many people are working from home or working remotely for the first time or for the first time where they're dedicated working remotely for some time. Um, So it just happened to be this, extraordinary set of circumstances um, that that led to this environment that's happening. Um, but I also, I think even for the companies that are doing well, it's a sense of doing well despite the scenario that we're in. And so I don't think of any of our companies really celebrating.
0: No, um, yeah. no, that's very true. I mean, even when you think about something as very easy to describe as bippy, right. Is- which is sustainable toilet paper? Which you can imagine how anyone listening can imagine how uh, much they're being hit up hit up on. Mm-hmm. Um, even they are, are, are like donating thousands of rolls and running right. around. I know specifically running around Los Angeles, um, donating to homeless people, donating to other people who don't have, and then also selling and and, and dealing with all of those logistics. And it's 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 good in the fact that they have something that's not going to um that is needed but there's no one sitting around including their investors us (laughs) sitting around saying oh good you know it's almost like we're i think and i personally like i think i'm just grateful that that's one more company that is going to be okay Mm -hmm. because there's so many companies just across the board who are are struggling Mm -hmm. Uh, so so then going back to going back to your family um do you um like your mom and your dad and your your sisters do they get have they been able to see bo at all like do you did you all shelter in place or do they do they get to come over certain days or
2: something no so we've been very strict about the sheltering in place and so that's definitely been the hardest part of this whole scenario is that um, my family's very close. We like to spend a lot of time together. And especially since Bo has been born, we've been spending a lot of time together. And actually the day before the shelter in place requirement, I was planning to go to my parents' house and stay there with them for some a few days. And then my mom and I were going to come back to our house and stay because that corresponded. You're in San Francisco, in San Francisco Oakland. Yeah. So that was like early, early on. Exactly. And yeah. that corresponded with when I was coming back to work. So the whole thought was that we would see how the first week back at work would play out. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, that Sunday was the day that I was going to go down to, to stay with them. And that was when I started reading the news in Italy about the lack of ventilators and how, and the way the hospital systems were overwhelmed. And so I started having second thoughts about going and then the next, so I told my parents, you know, I'm not going to come. I feel a little, a little like maybe we should stay here. And then, my mom said, well, I can come up to Oakland to help you. But my concern is that because my husband is still leaving the house every day and my parents are older. And so they're in a higher or more vulner- vulnerable population mm-hmm. that, you know, if he were to accidentally bring something home, that would be horrific if, if we were the ones that exposed my mom or my dad. And yeah. so we haven't seen anyone in my family since before the shelter in place. And so we do a lot of video calls. Yes. Um, but it was not, he's into the video calls. (laughs) (laughs) I mean he, Bo has
0: um, led many of our internal (laughs) Zoom conference calls Um, and I have to say he has some great initiatives that he has. Uh, A couple of things are controversial though I would say but we're gonna we're gonna work through them.
2: (laughs) Yep his timing is impeccable. (laughs) It really really is. Uh, But yeah. So yeah.
0: so you're, you're maintaining and, and kind of, do you look to uh, other, other parents? Other, are you in any kind of groups or like if people are, um, they have newborns, maybe it's their first child like yours. Are there groups that you would recommend or types of groups that you would recommend that, would, that are nice to, to be in?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, we, have, um, we did a program while I was pregnant called Centering Pregnancy which is available from some healthcare providers in the US. And instead of going to one-on-one appointments with your doctor, you actually get matched with a group of people that are expecting within four weeks. And Mm -hmm. so we have this social group now of um, nine other newborn families and we're all in a WhatsApp group together. And the whole idea was initially, you know, we would be having these meetups in person. And so that's moved to Zoom now, Zoom and WhatsApp, but it's still really nice to have the ability to be to have these other people that are in a similar scenario to us that are local, um, and then more generally, like virtually, I think that there's some really strong communities on Reddit and also in the company. Winnie has some good, strong communities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of you know in the middle of the night, that's what I'm doing. I'm in my WhatsApp group, or in my Reddit group, or yeah. I'm or I'm doing some backstage email. That happens occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Well, thank you, Christy. Anything, anything that you want to say to um, your adoring fans uh, before, we, before we sign off?
2: Stay healthy, stay safe. We're all in this together. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: Oh, okay. That's a great place to end. Thanks, Arlen. Thank you. Hi, Mom. Hi, Arlen will you tell uh your adoring fans your name and your occupation please
4: my name is Erlene Sims and I am a retired person that's trying to work on being a writer and various things like
0: that okay you are a writer you are a writer and you uh I uh, have an amazing project you're working on that we can talk about. Um, I wanted to talk to you because I'm, I'm interviewing a few people who are close to me and, and talking about their experiences right now with coronavirus. Uh, okay. And so, what I know about you, you are in Dallas right now. So, everybody that I'm talking to is in a different city. So, that's interesting. You're in Dallas. Um, and what have you been self isolating for how many days? Uh, it's, this is the 15th day. 15 days, wow. And th- that was something that you just decided to do when, when you found out about it? What was that process, thought process? Not so much when I found out about the
4: virus because I was hearing about the virus, but then I developed a rash. Mm-hmm. And I knew the rash wasn't associated with the virus. However, the fact that I could develop this rash and the fact that my son, among other people, would be coming in and out, um and that his fiance uh that they have a three-year-old and various things like that I decided that I didn't need to be associating with people plus I you know have people coming in and out for various maintenances whatever so you know I decided to just uh, self-isolate
0: yeah, so what does that look like? What, what have, how have you been getting, I mean, I'm asking questions, obviously I know because I'm your daughter, but for people who want to kind of a peek into it, how have you been receiving your food and supplies and things like that?
4: Okay, my son uh, brings my food to the door leaves it at the door. He also brings my mail, picks up my mail, brings that to the door. He, from the door, he picks up my trash and takes that and disposes of it. Um, So that's the usual thing I will, because I'm self isolating and because just generally, I will have these urges for things that I probably didn't need to eat and probably shouldn't eat or things that I want to order. So I will order things. So uh, another part of that is UPS or whatever will drop things at my door.
1: Mm-hmm. normally
4: uh they would put them in like the parcel post but uh these since this virus they've been just tapping on the door and leaving at the door
0: yeah and you you are someone one of the things i know about you that we have a lot in common which is why we uh uh have heated discussions so often but one of the things that we don't have in common is that you like to talk to like you can find out someone's life story if they're your uber driver your Lyft driver the person on the street the person across the street you really enjoy communicating obviously i like to communicate i have a podcast and that's what i'm doing but you can do that with anybody how is that part being isolated from that socially they call it social distancing how is that part like you if if at all or have you been able to kind of scratch that itch with uh with phone calls um it's different like you said
4: with the uh lyft or the uber driver because you're actually seeing their face or whatever and although i can use like facetime or different venues like that i usually don't because being isolated i'm not getting up and putting my best foot forward. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be on camera. But um, it's different. But also, I'm getting other information because because I am isolated, I make a lot of phone calls. And I talk to a lot of people. And I reach out to people that I had not reached out to in a long time. People that um, uh, someone will tell me something is happening. I hear all kinds of stories. That are related to the virus, not necessarily that they have the virus, but this is and that has happened because of the virus.
1: Mm. For
4: instance, for instance, a, a former coworker, I was told by uh, a, a friend of mine that this former coworker's husband, who was ill, and his mother had passed during the virus and he wasn't able to attend the funeral because of the virus not because of his illness and uh a couple of days ago he committed suicide and this is oh. a man in his um 70s um Whoa. so that's that's not like my normal day and i've had um you know different a lot of violence incidents that have been uh relayed to me mm-hmm. by different people because you are here you're in the house you're not out there so people will call you and say guess what
0: this happened and that happened so are you any, a lot of any, i mean i saw that the domestic violence phone calls have gone up the the relief phone calls have gone up because you have you're stuck with the person who's abusing have you heard more good news like you've have you have you been able to when you're catching up with people you haven't talked to in a long time do you get to also hear good news from them
4: not as much as you think most of it is they call me because guess who just did this or guess what happened to this person type thing so mm. it's more that uh, it is the fact that i'm talking to people that i haven't talked to in a long time that's true that's good news but usually what they have to say isn't isn't that relevant you know isn't that good uh information the other thing is I have friends that are going on as though there's nothing going on mm. and that's disturbing. They're, they're doing their normal and are upset that maybe something is closed that should, they think should be open. Um, and that's yeah. upsetting. And that are, they- not seeing, are they what?
0: Oh, go ahead. You were saying they're not seeing
4: it. They're just not seeing the big picture. They're, they're more seeing the smaller picture, yeah. Like what? How is it, it affecting is, me? And I'm not... how is it affecting me? Right. And right.
0: one of the things I wanted to know, because I, I mentioned before we start the call, is that you are you you turned seventy one this month. Uh, congratulations! You turned seventy one, and um, we're able to have a blowout uh, celebration right before everything was locked down, which is really cool. Um, but you because you know you are in that group over there's a group that's over 60 and then you know you hear over 50 over 60 over 70 over 80 you're all you are in a certain group so for for people who are listening who are in that group is that another thing is that another reason why you decided let me go ahead and self-isolate and and why you're so upset with your friends who who may be not self-isolating
4: yeah because I am in that group. I'm not so thinking that I'm going to get the virus, but I am thinking that I'm a great candidate to transfer the virus to someone else. Mm-hmm. And for me not to be concerned about doing that, you know, for me to think, well, you know, I've reached this age, they should too, or whatever the mm-hmm. the, the theory is, mm-hmm. um, it's ridiculous. Because there's so many other people that are affected by it and you you don't know who you can affect and you shouldn't try to uh you know do no harm right
0: yeah you should try to do and did you did you were you i don't know if you watch fox at all or but did you um see that guy i think it definitely was a republican and a few days ago he was saying that we have to get we have to get business back in order you know when trump was saying it and he said he's over 70 and he would Proudly sacrificed his life for his grandchildren to be able to have good, good uh, capitalism, you know, flowing through um, and you know, of course he had a backlash for that because people said you're putting it. But I mean, do you think that it's as? Uh, I guess my question is, do you think that's as dumb as I think it is?
4: I think it's exceptionally dumb. <laughs> it's crazy. I heard, I didn't hear that. I did hear the guy who was a former uh, president, I think of Wells Fargo. And he said something to the effect that everybody needs to get back to work because a few people are gonna die. Some people are gonna die. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But we need to get back to work, which is just a you know, you can say that, but you're not saying that because you think you're gonna be one of those people. If you were one of if you knew for a fact you were one of those people, I guarantee you that would not have come out of your mouth. So yeah, it's it's the it's not gonna be me, so I don't care if that person or that person pass away, you know.
0: I mean, that's just the ultimate so. selfishness
4: in any game. Yeah, it is. it is.
0: Especially when there's so is. many people out there right now who are working at hospitals, whether they're the health care workers or uh, custodians or, or uh, you know, uh, people signing you in who are just putting their lives on the line every day.
4: That is so true it's so true.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just so you know, it's not surprising because the people that we feel are gonna be like that are being like that. But it, it's still disheartening and kind of remind you of just how many of those types of people are in this in this country and in this world. I
4: heard on one of your podcasts, someone referred to a certain person as number forty five, and I like that. Yeah, um, yes, yeah. So, number 40, I saw one of the broadcasts and the the doctor that stands behind with the usually with a shawl or whatever Ouchy. she has on. Oh, the, the woman, yes, he, the female, yeah. Okay, and she she mentioned something about she had coughed uh on the Saturday before, and I saw number 45 move away from her as quickly as possible. You did, it was very yeah it was very amusing. <laughs> that uh you know i'm not i'm gonna walk away from even these so-called friends if uh-huh.
0: uh you know well, you know what it reminds me meeting. of it reminds me of aaron brockovich you remember that scene where they where she where she put the in the down? water yes yes yes, yeah that's whatever every time they do because they say they're saying all this stuff but i mean uh 45 you know i'll call him trump trump himself is 75 years old so he is in one of the categories that could i mean everybody's in the category every single human being is is susceptible to this but there are even more vulnerable categories and he is in it and so every time he says we're going to take care of senior citizens or this or that. I'm like, you, you are in that category, right? Right. Exactly. I, um,
4: when I was, when the AIDS, um, HIV, when AIDS virus was real rampant and I was working for the telephone company, I had a really, really good friend who had contracted it
1: Mm -hmm. and,
4: um, he could, it's very weakening on the system so he could barely move he could barely walk but uh bell wasn't paying for the medicine or whatever and he was required to come to work and um wow my district ma- my district manager had a she had a say so she could have you know let him go out on a leave but she chose not to and she was you know very very affluent and whatever, very proper, whatever. So we would have like a weekly meeting and he was required to um, come to the meeting. And this particular uh, time he walked in and he was so, he was so weak or whatever. And she had made sure that he was at the opposite end of the table. It was a round table. He was at the opposite end of the table from her. And and that he was there and we were so upset that, you know, the rest of them were so upset. And then at some point we took a break and we switched seats. I had him to switch seats with me and I sat next to her. And when we came back from break, he was sitting next to her and he he coughed. Mm. And she dismissed the meeting. And by the way, Brian, you need to go home. So, you know, it, wow. it, it, it's true. you were going to self-protect. And that, was, that happened to happen. And he was home. So wow. he got to stay home. And that was very good. And he passed away like, you know, maybe a week or so later. But the fact is, people are going to demand what they demand only if they think it's not going to affect them.
0: Certain people. Yeah, certain people. Certain people. Yeah, no, certain people. Way.
4: Oh yeah, there's so many good people in the world. That's that's
0: a very, very small percentage,
4: mm-hmm. but they are, you know.
0: But those small the yeah, exactly. That small percentage some somehow uh, seems to be the ones who who are in control for a lot of situations. But yeah, last night Diddy, I think Diddy is he's having a moment right now. He got on Instagram and he was like, "We're not gonna sit around and wait for them to save us." And he would, he he means what you know. He was like, "We're, we're going to fix this. We're going to do this." And and I think you're going to have more and more of that. But um, that's I mean that's an awesome story. I I hear those kind of stories from you. I don't think I'd heard that one, but you you have all these really interesting stories from when you were in your group and not even knowing it. And you don't think you don't even think you still get it, like realize how important that is. That you sat there. There's someone who had HIV/AIDS at a time when people didn't know much about it and what you saw was a person suffering and what you saw was someone who should not be working and so you and you're also you're also very clever and that's why you're able to write these narratives right so you said if he's going to be forced to be in this meeting I'm going to put him in my chair next to the boss and have and have her see how she feels I'll be next to him and then that's gonna get him going home. That's just amazing. I think we'll have to uh, I didn't know if it was gonna yeah. get him going home. You I just thought wanted to it, punish. No, I, <laughs> you know,
4: I thought it was gonna end the meeting and that was that was also a factor. I didn't want to be in the meeting. It was gonna end the meeting, but that was an extra, yeah, an extra thing that it, he she sent him home with pay. yeah because she was worried
0: and that's what it's that's what's gonna i mean i keep waiting to wake up and see some sort of news that trump has coronavirus and all of Mm a sudden the most important thing in his in the world it it is right now it is the most important thing in the world right now but he doesn't think so and that's the day that it will become that it will it, it wouldn't be his wife it wouldn't be his children it wouldn't be pence it wouldn't be anyone but if it were him it would be the most important thing in the world, and he would most likely just try to find a cure for himself and go into some bunker. Uh, but that's another story for another day. Um, the last thing I want to talk about with you is your project that you're working on. What can you say about it now? Um, not necessarily what it's about, but what what has working on it meant to you, and and being able to revive it meant to you. It's meant that there's. I wake up, and the next
4: thing I know, it's night. and It's like, you know, I looked out. I can look out on my balcony. I can go out on my balcony. Yesterday, I saw a guy on one of the balconies. I live in like a condominium, and I saw one of the guys on a balcony, and he was sitting there, and he was playing so loud some movies, just extremely loud. He had no regard for anyone else. But other than that, I don't see anyone. I don't hear any noise in the hall. I don't hear anything. And other than the phone calls, I'm isolated. But working on the book, I can, and that's what it is. I've, I've written a book. I wrote a book, like, many, many years ago, and I revised that book. And working on that is uh, inspiring um, because when I read some of the chapters, they are so even though it took place a long time ago even though it was written a long time ago it the the chapters are sold today yeah just a different a different space
0: yeah that's interesting it's timeless sounds like yeah yeah well that's exciting we'll continue to keep people updated on that book as it progresses in the in the what, what you're working on and you know I obviously I'm excited about that and I appreciate it. I appreciate my brother Alfred, who goes by Rook, for all of the work that he does and making sure that you are uh, fed and, and supplied and also safe. I uh, just want to point out that uh, Alfred has a, little, he has a few people who are uh, individually checking on you and, and making sure that you are safe um, in the neighborhood and everything. So I want to say appreciate him. And I uh, have really enjoyed talking to you, Mom. Anything, I have anything you want to talking say? to you. Anything you want to say as we go as we as we roll out?
4: Oh, I just wanted to say as to quote my son, you are delightful. <laughs> you are very
0: it's a very
4: interesting person, Arlen. Very interesting person despite the fact that I produced you and whatever, you are very, very you are a
0: different person to get to know like every day.
4: Oh. So I appreciate that. Thank
0: you. I appreciate that too. Wow. Okay. This is how we're going to end it. Bye. Bye.